Blessings and best wishes. Reggie Hubbard here. Practice makes purpose episode six, I think, or seven. Seven, I think. Wow, time's flying. Uh, happy to be with you, here with you today. For those of you that are going to watch online, welcome. For those that listen or watch this later, uh, welcome as well. Uh, happy to be here because we're having conscious conversations about diversity and inclusion in all aspects. So we've talked about like gender diversity. We've talked about racial diversity. In the upcoming weeks, we'll talk about orientation, body image, all the other things. And I'm really excited today to be in community uh, with my homegirl, Janessa, who basically brought about a whole bunch of conversations um, called Brave Conversations uh, on the yoga. So she's here and we're just gonna get into this. I'm really excited about this because um, she interviewed me, so I'm excited to interview her. Welcome. What's up? What's good? What's up? Peace and you? blessings. All is well? All is good. All is really good. Can you hear me good? Yeah, you're good. Levels are good. Backdrop is good. Everything's awesome. good. <laughs> Um, and I don't know if you heard me riff on this, like I'm excited to put you on the proverbial hot seat um, as opposed to like last time we kicked it. I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm a nice guy. I'm not going to put too much in there, but happy to have you and just want you to begin by telling us a little bit about your yoga journey, right? So how in the world did you start practicing yoga? How, like, where, how did that make, mm -hmm. how, how did that work for you? So my yoga journey started in 1995 right. and my journey started with uh, the concepts of understanding uh, yoga philosophy, Eastern philosophy, to handle some mental health breaks that I was struggling with in my teens. And um, a, a friend of my dad's, who's also South Asian, was practicing Hindu, said, give her this book from Swami Rama, Freedom from the Bondage of Karma, oh, to wow. help her with her choices and her decision-making process. And, and that's literally okay. where that started. Okay. Yeah. And then when did you become like an ardent practitioner? When did you decide to become a teacher? Like, mm -hmm. what's that journey about? So first year of law school, people were like, oh, you're incredibly intense. You should really do, um, you used to do gymnastics. You should think about Ashtanga. Like you seem like the type of person who really loved Ashtanga. So I was going to school at Fordham Law and um, right uptown in New York. And, and people were like, come out to the Upper West Side and practice Ashtanga with us. Well, I wound up getting incredibly injured. <laughs> because you know I me mean? just wasn't prepared for the practice but I kept pushing on kept pushing on and then um physical therapy was like you should think about doing like the real yoga like the practice the pause yoga stuff right. not this acrobatic uh, stuff right and literally all my teacher trainings from that point forward was about trying to get to the root of what practicing the pause means and being in yoga as opposed to doing yoga right right and I think that's an interesting distinction. And that's like the genesis of like where, I mean, because the name of this gig is practice makes purpose, mm -hmm. right? Not like practice makes like dope Instagram photos or practice makes like tight clothes look good on me. Like practice like refines your purpose to a point where you're not only comfortable in your skin, it's from that being comfortable in your skin that you're better able to serve other people. Yes. And so it's from that um, that I'd love to talk to you about um, Brave conversations, right? So, like, where yeah. did that uh, idea come from? Uh, that was a delightful experience. Like, and it's funny just before we before we get into that, I want to thank you for your labor of love with Brave Conversations because that, and it's hard to believe that that was like six months ago, right? Like, so that was no. this, like a million years ago. Um, 
but the journey I've been on since then has been like absurdistan. Like, you know, like in January, I was like, you know, I'm happy to have this conversation, but I ain't really gonna be teaching that much, blah, 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 blah. Right. You know, now, like, I'm gonna be at the Mammoth Yoga Festival um, yeah. in a couple weeks, like one of the lead teachers there. Like, I'm gonna be like the digital correspondent at Wanderlust. Yes. Like, this dude is just like big blackness is just kind of like, yo. And like, as someone told me the other day, they're like, you're unapologetically yourself. I'm like, first of all, why not? Second of all, Earth is on fire. I don't have time to be anyone other than who I am. That's why right. they um, to be brave and have these conversations. So brave conversations, where the idea come from? How did mm. you bring it to fruition? Because I imagine that it wasn't easy to do so. So tell me a little bit more about that. Brave Conversation was born in the summer of last year, right. where I was like, I wanted to have the conversations about identity, intersectionality within the wellness community, because everything that was going on was like, you know, all these suddenly woke wellness people. And I'm like, but wait a minute, you know what I mean? How do you show up when you're in your wellness practice, right? And I've been looking for this conversation. Everybody else was throwing up podcasts. I wasn't really too excited. I'm not interested in the gossip of the yoga business or the gossip of the wellness business. I want to talk about like, how do I show up to be myself mm. in a practice that you want to offer and you right. want to serve? And I'm tired of listening to the same people's voices. And I don't want to hear about like the celebrity yoga people anymore. They have their platform. It's called Instagram. I want to give the platform to people who are really doing the real work. And so I presented it. In fact, it was presented to me to work with um, a possibility of working with Yoga Journal. But I think that they were being bought out at the time. Mm -hmm. I was doing contract work with uh, Yoga International. I said, you know, let me give you first dibs. At first, there's a lot of excitement. But I was like, I'm going to do it my way. I'm right. gonna do it like Janessa, not, not the YI way. Like the whole right. look and feel of it has to be coming from me. So when people see it, they know, oh, that's a Janessa project. Right. And um, I brought in Nam, which wound up being the producer on that. And then, um, you know, shout out to Nam, who's probably gonna be watching this in the, in the, in the replay. And Jay, who we, most people didn't know was behind the scenes. And we basically made it our own. And I li we literally got every single guest that was like, these are the people I want to talk to. Not everyone knows their name, but they should. And that's the reason why like that whole collaboration was so incredibly impressive. And, it, and, and it's the highlight of my career was able to put that podcast together. So bringing you and all the guests on board so that all y'all have an opportunity to say like, my foot's in the door, I'm in the yoga game, I have something to say. Like, if you're really about diversity and inclusion, you need to hear me right now. And right. I'm, I'm proud to be part of that platform to have been able to share the love with all these people. Hey, how many uh, how many episodes did you have? And like, so what, what was your favorite? Like, just talk a little bit more about it. Like, you just say it's not, not your victory lap, because I know that's not your personality, but like, right. it was a labor of love yeah. that critically acclaimed to some extent. I mean, people hate it because that's what happens. But mm -hmm. like, you know, like, I, like I'll forever give gratitude to y'all because like that basically awoke within me. I was just like, oh, because <laughs> I've been, I had been like, because of my political career, I had been like, basically like N-word shut up, like stay in your place. And mm -hmm. like, I was already just kind of like, you know, after Brother Floyd and all the other mm -hmm. things, I was like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? 
And mm -hmm. so when I got on y'all's podcast, it basically lit the fire and I haven't shut up since. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So yeah, people did hate on it because it wasn't following the same old routine of what everybody else's podcast was about. And I'm like, but if you were to know me, you'd know I don't follow what everybody else does. So I want to do it from me, from my vantage point, from my perspective. I've been in this yoga industry long enough to know that I've always been the only person in the room, right? And other people who may look like me, who may check a box because we have the same melanin, their story is not my story. My story is unique to me and my experience yeah. based on where I grew up and how I grew up. And everyone should be able to be respectful of that if you're really talking about diversity. I'm not interested in having like point persons to speak for me when I'm very vocal myself, right? right. And so therefore, um, being able to be on this podcast to give my perspective, but not taint my perspective on the, pe on the people who are guests. Some people I completely disagreed with. Some people I completely agreed with. Some people are like, yo, I can understand why you feel that way. That's just not my story. So every single episode was a gem because I learned something more about what it's like to walk in somebody else's shoes. Right. So that gave me an opportunity to be like, you know what? I can be more progressive about my compassion practice Right. because I don't have all the answers. And too right. often hosts of podcasts want to come in like they have the answers and they want to validate their answers with guests. Right. My point was to like be humble, be in yoga, step back and realize that the, the same scriptures that we're reading, the same interpretations that we're reading might be manifested in people's lives differently. So make space for that. So, um, go ahead. So that, that to me was the, the, the best part of every single episode because I can see myself in everyone. I can see their labor and their pain points in absolutely everyone. And I'm like, yo, that is inclusion. That feels like I can belong here. Regardless of what the person looks like, I know that pain. Right, and tell me a little bit more. I mean, you, you know I understand this, but for those people who are, because the blessing of this experience is that we're, we're touching a little bit of everybody, right? And right. so people from like a, with, a, with an advanced practice and people with like a little bit of a more, more uh, recreational practice. So what is being in yoga? I thought yoga was something that I did for an hour and right. then done like when the class was over. So like, so tell me, tell me um, what does being in yoga mean? Yeah, particularly in the, you know, I, I had several answers in the, the fact that, that the situation that happened last year and I don't like to put too much strength or um, put so much, um, lessons on the on the life of George Floyd because he's a human being first and foremost that right. man lost his breath and right. so many black and brown people lost their breath so being in unison with your breath primarily at every single moment of the day when we're in the middle of board meetings which I do quite frequently when I'm saying they're representing the, in the in the for the yoga industry or the wellness industry or the PR industry or whatever I'm doing, I have to be clear about where my breath is and how I have control of my breath at every single moment as much as I possibly can. And to not put anyone in a position where they have power or agency over my breath. That's me being in yoga. That's me recognizing the subtleties that's happening in my environment that's causing me to <gasps> stifle myself, box myself up, or do I feel like I'm breathing deep breaths here? Right. That to me is the process of being in yoga. So it's not what I do on the mat because being on the mat is just literally a metaphor for how life will turn you and twist you and flip you upside down. <laughs> but you have to still be in your breath. You still have to be cognizant of like, how's your inhale? How's your exhale? How's the pauses in between? Now, see, I'm about to be like the deacon or the, the, the deacon. <laughs> 
at your church real quick. You better tell someone that the, the mat is just a metaphor and yoga is like being in unison with your breath, which is the key to life, which animates the apparatus of right. our physicality. Like we, you know, if the coronavirus time, you know, I've shared this with you before, but I'll share it again, is that mm -hmm. um, my teaching practice has primarily been um, virtual. Mm -hmm. And what that taught me is that like the modern day wellness industry is too attached to physicality. Yes. Like true connection happens here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. True connection happens in the heart, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, we're all energetic beings and true connection is an energetic connection. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, a hug is cool. Yeah, you right. know, a and pounds are cool. Right. Uh, but if I'm truly connected with you, I don't really need to see or, or touch you necessarily because we're on that same vibe. We're on that same link, right? Bingo, bingo. And, and so now the conversation is like, it's deeper than, you know, this social activism or this... Um, you know, diversity and inclusion, or or maybe even this anti-racism rhetoric. It's about being informed about where you stand in your life and how your energy flows from you, even when you're silent. And that conversation of being trauma-informed, right? Or what well, I like to say, people-informed. You right. can be informed about other people when you're clear about who you are. Right. And so other people can't come in and be like, no, you triggered me. No, you triggered me. No, I know where I stood at this moment. I know where I am at this moment, right? But have you done your work to make sure you know where you stand in this work, right? right. This is energy exchange here, right? And, and so that conversation of like being in yoga is all of this. It right. means exactly like the best thing I think that ever happened was going virtual, having the whole industry go virtual because it separates the people who are just like being performative because they've always been performative They've always been doing asana, right? right? To people who have actually been in it and working through it and putting it in their body like an Ayurveda practice, right. right? And then being able to share that with the world without ever touching someone. So I agree with that. I appreciate that distinction because um, that, that's the one thing. I, I've been teaching, uh, my first in-person class I taught was two weeks ago at mm. a DC public schools with like, our, our children, please pray for mm. us. <laughs> we try to bring the fresh people. These kids are wild, sis, wild. Like, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but the thing about that that's been beautiful is that, like, even though it's, um, you know, I don't know, I don't want to be doing yoga, I don't want to be doing this. When I walk in with energy and presence, mm -hmm. I was just like, you actually don't have to do it. I just need you right. to sit with the tall spine and breathe deeply. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to do this other stuff. Right. Right. But what I'd like for you to do, even if you look at your phone, can you look at your phone like this and not like mm -hmm. this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you know this as well as me. It's like I'm, I'm sneaking yoga on you. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, upright yeah. spot, deep breath. Yep. yep. Like, this yep. Stuff, you don't have to do this. This is for those who want to, like, work deeper into the physical right. aspects of the public. Because what, what I have learned is that I have to meet all these kids where they are. Right. Right. So, like, this one woman. I can't believe men be doing this. Mm -hmm. Blessing, sister. You, you want to take this mat over here? You want to over here? Or right. today I had the opportunity where they walked in. This kind of caught me by surprise because they were like, so what are we doing today? Oh. <laughs> right. Wow. So we keep showing up for the yeah. kids and um, they are developing uh, an, an, an inclination towards this. So I think mm -hmm. the analogy is like, we keep showing up in the practice. It keeps showing up for us in ways that we don't even appreciate. Right. right. So right. tell me to, to, to piggyback on that idea of like the asana practice is 
incredibly important from for one of the comments in there is about being trauma trauma informed yeah. right and having trauma in your life when you are disconnected body from mind to spirit and breath asana or any physicality is a great way to get you back into the zone of like oh see you losing your breath right let's let's pull us back into center right and so a lot of times when you're working with people who are not self-aware about how they hold up space Austin's fantastic. But when you are familiar with that, because you do all sorts of martial arts or dance, or if you're in you know, a yoga practice or in any physical practice, and you get to see like who and how you stand up for yourself in the world, then you can get into the deeper, realer yoga practice, right? It's just right. like, oh, okay, well, where am I right now? Who am I right now, right? without having to move as much because the energy is moving, not necessarily the physicality is moving. Right. And when you want to talk about like like the Ashtanga, like eight limb, not, not necessarily like the physical practice of Ashtanga, but like asana is like the second rung. Mm-hmm. Right? Which leads yeah. to these other things. And you know the name of my teaching practice is called active peace because mm -hmm. like should you make it all the way to the top rung in some form or fashion, you right. need to do something with that. Like you can't just be like, I'm right. peaceful. You're not a monk. Like, you know, what right. Like if you're at the ashram or like you're at the, you're you're away from the world, cool. But mm -hmm. if you're in the world, you can't be going to the studio talking about I'm peaceful. They'll be all right, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. like when, before we go there, no, it is not superficial to talk about Prince. Prince right. is the patron saint of active peace yoga. Like I teach a Prince class twice a year. Like so, like, <laughs> like the reason that it's in the shot is because I always try and bring the musical and creativity of Prince and everything that I do. So that is not superficial. Like real talk. So talk a little bit more about where do you think we need to go in the wellness space today, not just with respect to diversity and inclusion, mm. but how do we get past lip service and get into the brave space of this is what union is, like mm -hmm. this is what being present is. Sometimes mm -hmm. I don't have to agree with you, but like you said so beautifully and eloquently earlier, like I hear your pain points, I expand my compassion practice, and I may not mm -hmm. agree with you, but I hear where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so where where do we go from here? Like, what is, mm -hmm. what are some of your reflections on that? You know, I started saying a couple months ago, like, we need to stop with, I'm going to, I'm going to say about the things to stop. We need to stop with the book practices and the book clubs and the endless, like, you know, acquisition model, right? So instead of acquiring black and brown friends, we're acquiring black and brown books. authors and books, <laughs> you know what I mean? And workshops, and then literally start looking at it and saying, well, how do I show up? with the one energetic exchange that everyone has in their pockets or on their phones, it's the money that they spend. Where you put in your money and your dollars and cents, because you know how much energy you had to exchange to earn a paycheck or right. to earn income. But where are you putting your dollars and cents helps you to remain accountable to who you are and how you are and what you say your values are. So that's number one, right? So mm -hmm. don't keep purchasing a book See if you can purchase a book and give it to somebody else and hold them accountable. Cool, right? Read the books, apply the knowledge from the books, right? right? Um, start having brave conversations with people who don't look like you. So right. one of the, the practices that I have in my like DNI workshops is people list all the people that they trust who's not family or friends, and then start delineating what identities that they have. And people start realizing that so many people are just like them. So you can't be in the practice if everyone looks like you. You can't be objective, right? right? You need to start including people who don't look like you, who don't think like you, who are not from your background, so that you can be a more well-rounded person in this, in this kind of compassion practice, right? Right. 
So as organizations, I know you probably have people who are watching this who are part of organizations or yoga yep. studios, right? Yeah. Um, it's literally not about putting in a DI, DEI committee, right? It's about coming in and saying like, how can I weave the concept of inclusion and belonging from the moment someone comes into the organization to the moment that they leave the organization? How do they grow in the organization? How are we funding the organization? How are we funding other organizations to be like us? So it's like a conscious decision in all of you, right? So it's the entire life cycle of a person in yoga. It's a complete life cycle of a business in yoga too. So it's not about doing the work. It's about being in the work, right? right. Like, it's cool that you put your black squares up last year, but where are y'all at right now? Right. Because it's the ramification still exists. What led up to the death of that man still exists today. Y'all were screaming defund police, but where are you right now when it seems like the world's better, right? And your masks are off and you want to just party because it's summertime. No, let's, let's keep that same energy. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, especially like studios open back up. Um, do you even have black or brown teachers? For sure. Right. Right. Well, Oh, I, I, people, I've said this to some folks, they're like, Reggie, we'd love for you to be, I was like, I don't mind being an advisor to you, but mm -hmm. if I'm the only black person that you know, that's not diverse, yo. That's like, right. Not diverse. Right. Like, I'm the right. black unicorn, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, right. can you do what I'm doing and, like, take your yoga practice right. to, like, like, I'm in Maryland, so, like, mm -hmm. schools in Southeast Washington, D.C. Right. For these kids, like, right. who are so traumatized and all over the place. Yeah. Teaching, but, like, can you take this to, like, underprivileged areas like if, mm -hmm. if you're like a studio of means can you mm -hmm. take this can you be kind of missionary with your practice and like use it as a service tool as opposed mm -hmm. to just like a, a pinnacle so you were going to say something yeah and 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 even better than that if you're a yoga studio owner because i wound up owning my own two yoga studios and doing my own teacher trainings when i pre-pandemic because no one looked like me owning studios no one looked like me doing leading teacher trainings if you are in a, in a um, dominant culture, right, in the, in the Western society, and you're like, oh, I want to attract more people that look black and brown, literally go out there and find teacher trainers who are BIPOC, right, who are in the pride community, and then have them host their teacher training at your studio. So it's not about you. You can bring us in. We can do the same, if not better, teacher training. I mean, the whole thing, not a segment of it not the diversity and inclusion segment of it. Let us do all of it and host it at your studio. And we make that 80% and you claim that 20% and that is a partnership. That's allyship. Because I don't have the location, but I have the knowledge. So we right. can share in this, right? right? That's how we do this. So it's right. not just going out to, because a lot of times I see people who who are not black and brown going to black and brown communities, underrepresented communities and traumatizing them there. Word. Like if you're not ready to be in that community, you're safe in your little box. <laughs> you know what I mean? In your pretty gentrified community, bring right. us in and let us teach there. Right. And not just these black and brown people, let us teach people. Right. All of them. And not on some, Oh, you're a scholarship because you're black and brown. I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? Like I can afford a full, I'm privileged enough to do that. Yeah. I don't need to be walking into a classroom and people see me like, oh, she's a scholarship baby. She's the affirmative action baby. <laughs> no, people, you know what I mean? I pay right. the same green as everybody else. Do a sliding scale for everybody so that right. people can pay what they can afford. 
right? Start looking at the model of your capitalism, of your conscious capitalism in a different kind of manner, right? right? Making it sustainable, not just following what everybody else has done. And, and, you know, I love what you said earlier about like money, you know, because we don't even think about this in the wellness space, but in life, like money is a, the usage of money is energetic exchange. Bingo. Yep. And as yogic practitioners, as higher, not, not even higher, but as people who practice like more conscious living, like how ignorant are we of how we exchange our money? Hello. Like, like whether it be like Amazon-ness or like, like however you use your money, like mm -hmm. that is an exchange um, that is an expression of your values or lack mm -hmm. thereof mm -hmm. that you need to be mindful of. And so that can be not just like with studios and trainings, but just who are you hiring? Who are, who are you not hiring? Who are you right. reaching out to? Who's right. recommending in your training? Like right. there are different ways that you can be inclusive other than what you said, like having the one black person or one brown person mm -hmm. um, and like, oh, hey everyone, we're diverse. See? Yeah, yeah, see, I got her. She's here. She's here. No, 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 no. It, we can do better. Is your diversity, like, first of all, like, I, I got white people problems sometimes. Yeah, I went to Yale, used to work on Capitol Hill. So, like, I got, like, I got first world problems. So, mm -hmm. yes, I do have a different perspective. And, yes, I do, like, represent all these other things. But if you really want to be truly revolutionary, like, mm -hmm. get past people like me, people like you, and go into, like, the like, people who've been practicing yoga for years uh, in mm -hmm. the community, but just don't have the space. You, right. you space for them. Right, right, exactly. That, that to me is more about using your privilege. Because to me, it's not always about the identities that you, the boxes that you check is this conversation about power, privilege and oppression, right? Absolutely. So, you know, we need to shift the conversation from just identity and look at more of the intersectionality and then see how power and privilege and oppression shows up in that. And then we can do better good. Right? right. Then it won't be about domination and versus people who are, you know, subjugated to to lesser forms of equality. Right. And it's this conversation of understand what the difference is between equality and equity, because right. we're talking an equity game right now. We're not talking an equality game. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's old. That's 80s. That's civil. You know what I mean? We've been marching for equality. We right. want equity right now. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? That's how we're going to bring about justice I to this. Say again. Equity is a value proposition. Equality is right. a you know, equity is a value proposition. Right, right, right. And I know this goes over a lot of people's heads sometimes because they're like, oh, I never thought about it like that. And I'm like, well, that's the reason why we have these conversations. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the show. Right. <laughs> so any, in conclusion, is there any other reflections? You well, well, there are two things I'll ask you. One is you talked about like the DNI stuff that you do. Um, where can people find out about it? Like, is there anything that you want to promote? Please use this space for that. And do you have any other general reflections um, that, you, that you care to conclude with? I appreciate that. So I know I'm doing a, talking about being included in a, as the DEI person in yoga trainings. So yeah. I am doing that with NAM. So I'm also, you know, looking to support anybody who is, you know, BIPOC or pride about talking about this conversation of power, privilege and oppression in the wellness spaces. So I'm doing this with um, Optimal State which is yoga therapy. I know not yoga alliance, but yoga therapy. So I'm doing that in September and October. And y'all can just check out my links on my, on literally on Instagram. Cause we got to make this as affordable and accessible to many people as possible. And Instagram is just that spot. Wow. I'm also doing this with Nam in uh, his 300 hour teacher training coming up. It's actually just sold out. There are probably going to be additional seats if you're interested in that. 
And then I'm also available for any workshops or any type of, you know, consulting or literally if you're BIPOC and you're like, yo, I want to do a two, 200 hour, I want to do a 300 hour, let's connect because I want to be able to connect you to other people who are interested in doing that. They just don't know who or how. And I'm all about being that plug for people. So hit me up on Instagram. I'm highly accessible. I'm not one of these gatekeeping people where you message them and <laughs> they don't answer you back because you're not cool enough. <laughs> <laughs> whatever <laughs> With all that right 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 i'm not here for this fellowship stuff so whatever <laughs> right. uh, so what is your handle how can people find you um perfect the, the number one way to find me is at janessa said so here on instagram you can also message me at uh janessa at soulauthenticyoga.com. That's still the handle that I use from my old studio. I still have that open and, and available just because people connect with me from there. But usually the best way to reach me is never an email. It's just hit me up directly on Instagram. I'm not shy at all. Right. Um, anything else you care to, um, any, any other dons you care to drop? Listen, I think the conversation 2.0 needs to happen. So if you've been doing 1.0 from last year till now or forever from now, it's about now connecting it to how you act to be accountable for what you say that you're going to do. So if you're really about diversity, equity, inclusion, you mean showing up with your privilege, checking your privilege, it's literally do the accountability practice of, well, look at my surroundings, Who's around me? Who's guiding me? Who's teaching me? Who am I interacting with on a regular basis? That's just on a spiritual level. Second thing is look at what's feeding you right now, right? So we know like the TV shows are giving you a, a narrative. Your Instagram stories and TikToks are giving you a narrative. Does that narrative fit you in your space that you're in right now? In your life. Do, yeah, do that checks and balances and then be able to assess from there and move in a direction that's actually practicing with discernment. That's my advice for you. All right. See, like, I, I don't have anything to add to that other than I've got all these bowls behind me, so it's kind of sacrilegious to not play them. So we will end this uh, time together. I will play one of my newer children. It is a G sharp with, like, the upper throat area, mm -hmm. so we can speak in truth here. So mm -hmm. find your tall spine, shoulders back and down for those in a seat. Three clearing breaths, three three uh, toes of the bell. Then we're out. Inhale through the nose. Exhale out the mouth. Inhale discernment. Exhale truth and wisdom. Inhale wisdom. Exhale action. Love and grace to all. Thank you for showing up for Practice Makes Purpose. Episode seven, Reggie and Janessa, over and out. Love and peace.